Hello, my name is Adam Eason and welcome to episode 103 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hypnosis friends and a very warm welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again, in my own highly biased opinion, I think I have a roaring high-speed joust of a show lined up for you today. Hark the herald angels sing, ding dong merrily on high and sing Hosanna. This is the final podcast edition of the year, the festive season edition. Um, um, uh, and, and because some of you may not always stay tuned until the end of every episode, you know, you're busy thinking, okay, this week's guest has finished now. That's the interesting stuff over with. I don't want to listen to Adam going on at the end of each show. I think I'll leave it there. So I just wanted to send you a major thanks for supporting this podcast, for tuning in, uh, for another year and for the enthusiasm and the love that so many of you have for what uh, for what we do here with Hypnosis Weekly. Um, in the new year, it's going to be something I'll continue putting plenty of effort and time into, and I hope to keep you stimulated, entertained and informed uh, with all things hypnosis. Um, yeah, so that's uh, my, my sort of festive thanks to you. In a short while, I'll be sharing with you this week's interview with my guest, Amy Charlot. Then, uh, in place of the usual hypnosis in the news stories, uh, I'm uh, I'm going to be giving a little bit of uh, a, a, a discussion about something. It's I'm going to be getting on one, you know, about a real bugbear of mine uh, from the field of hypnosis and hypnotherapy. I'll explain a little bit about that in a short while. We'll then return with our professional discussion with my guest, the very lovely Amy Charlot. Uh, we'll be talking about Amy's approach using hypnosis with women and to help with life transitions, in particular the menopause, um, a subject we've not really covered on the podcast before now. Um, and we, we then round things off with this week's hypnosis evidence-based factoid before I bid you farewell until the new year. Um, and as I say at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something that I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and debate, as well as doing its best to inform and educate. I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in the pub and all of whom following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly, I have a great deal of respect for. If you have questions, queries, thoughts or feedback, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. All the references made in the discussions along with related links are posted in the episode notes section at iTunes and on each episode's page of the website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. Just Hypnosis Weekly with a hyphen in the middle.com. And uh, you can add your thoughts, comments, make any suggestions there too. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else and help us reach more of the hypnosis community. It is greatly appreciated. If you enjoy this podcast, do go give us a favourable rating, even a review at iTunes. I'll be a BFF if you do. It takes just a few seconds, a couple of clicks to give us a favourable rating and really helps us out. Um, so on to today. Uh, first up, this week's interview with my guest, Amy Charlot. Um, a couple of friends of mine attended events where Amy's spoken and lectured and um, 
having had such an interest in in, in certain issues around psychosomatic medicine and some of the science around um, um, sort, sort, sort of neurophysiological disorders and so on, I was really keen to invite Amy on the show to talk about menopause and some of the related subjects. Um, and that, that's exactly what I did. And, and that's the topic that we'll be covering in the second half of the show today. And I'll talk a little bit about that before we get on to that later on. Um, and you also may be wondering, you know, where on earth, well, what gets into Adam at the beginning of each show when he does his, you know, I've got this, you know, roaring joust of a show lined up for you today. What's going on in his head? Where's this stuff coming from? Um, um, and, and, you know, what's the motivation and inspiration for these introductory sentences come from on the show? Well, very often I'm inspired by and influenced by our guests, uh, their topics and the kind of people they are, the stuff they do and so on. And there was little that could have got me more excited about speaking to Amy um, until I find out that she tours for four months a year performing hypnosis at a Renaissance fair. Wow. You know, instead of asking about all the other layers of stuff and hypnosis topics, suddenly I'm overcome by wanting to ask uh, Amy about that and, and that stuff only. You know, jousting, wearing chainmail armour, archery, firing stuff off catapults, drinking mead, eating legs of mutton. You know, I, I kind of got a little bit distract, distracted in, in the fantasy of all of that stuff. Anyway, um, so let's let's refocus on Amy. Right. Let's get on with it, shall we? For now. Get comfy, my friends. Turn up the volume. Sip on your tea. Enjoy this week's interview. So, as I've just been discussing, I'm delighted to welcome as my guest this week the one and the only Amy Charlot. Amy, welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. I'm really excited. So let's learn a little bit about you. So for, for any of my listeners that, that, that are unaware um, of you, tell us a little bit about your background. You know, um, how did you get into this field and how have you arrived at where you are now? Uh, I got into it kind of backwards. I graduated with a degree in theater, a degree in studio art, and a couple of NASA space grants because I'm a total nerd. <laughs> and I, I, I got into it from the theater entertainment side of it. And because I am such a nerd, I had to go in and discover how the whole thing worked and get all kinds of um, clinical training after that. And weirdly enough, the background in theater and studio art, it's all about perception and being able to see from other people's points of view and sort of basic mirror neurons. So it ended up being a great background. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, I'm, 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 you know, how did that, how did that then sort of, move into you know an interest into hypnosis and hypnotherapy and 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 becoming you know a, a profession um well i started doing stage hypnosis shows which i know are kind of controversial but that's where i started indeed and then all of my friends were like oh help me lose weight help me quit smoking and so i started doing that sort of thing and it worked <laughs> and i'm like that that's amazing i need to get more more um more education. So I became a, a, a consulting hypnotist with the National Guild of Hypnotists and then a trainer with them and then also a omni-trained hypnotist and also an omni-trained uh, trainer. And right now I do about 50-50. I love them. I love both the stage and the, and the clinical. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I know when we've when we've corresponded um, through, you know, when we've been writing to each other, just just in preparation to this, you mentioned that you spend four months of the year traveling as the only female hypnotist on the Renaissance Festival circuit in the USA. I mean, just this is just so exciting for me to hear. Is, is, is that just like full blown, you know, the equivalent that the, the hypnosis equivalent of rock and roll? Pretty much, yes. It's it's crazy, and it's so much fun, and it really keeps your chops up as a hypnotist. I don't know if you I have bet. that saying there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because literally, I'm doing hypnosis, and there are literally knights in armor jousting <laughs> and knocking each other off of horses. And like halfway through my show in Colorado, there's a parade with elephants and trumpets and like <laughs> cannons going off, and so people that are just like oh we need total silence for hypnosis no that's not true no no great you know i i, I loved it i love that so so let me just get a sense of where you're at as far as you know as far as hypnosis is concerned you know um, um with all of this experience and this sort of variation with regards to your your, your profession you know where are you at with hypnosis specifically how, how do you define it you know if you do and how have you arrived at that and 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 how do you explain hypnosis to, to your clients or your audience or, or to the kind of people that you get stuck with in the kitchen at parties, you know? Okay. Uh, actually have different, um, different explanations depending on where I am. For my clients, basically I tell them that for me, all of psychology is basically boiled down to the sentence, you are the story you tell yourself. And through mm. hypnosis, we have a direct channel to change the way you talk to yourself. Because we all know people with those self-fulfilling prophecies, you know, I'm not yeah. worth being loved, and da, 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 and they keep living it out over and over and over. And people usually really relate to that. It's like, oh, yeah, I change my story, and then I will change my actions. And it, it, it works really well that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Um, I'm... So tell me, um, um, tell me, tell me who you who your major influences are. Um, um, perhaps you know in terms of people, or perhaps in terms of books and authors that have taught you the most, teachers that have been the most influential upon you, and perhaps some of the reasons why. Okay. Um, well, I have a varied background, as you know. So yeah. my first, um, I really loved the work of Orman McGill. For that was my first introduction to hypnosis, and what I yeah. loved about what I loved about him was, I mean, his shows by today's, by today's standards would be really incredibly slow and boring, but the respect that he showed his, he would call them his counsel or his, his, um, his concert, his guests on stage. He was very, very gracious. It was about them, not yeah. about him. I love that classy, yeah. classy guy. Yeah. Um, Clinically, I love, I've been really inspired by the work of Milton Erickson. Yeah. Um, again, I love the way that he, I love the whole attitude that your subconscious is there to help you. And so even what can look like the most destructive habit, you know, like smoking or things like that, is actually an attempt to give you something good that you want. Maybe you need a break. Maybe you need time for yourself. Um, I, I love that whole model. Um, Yes. I really, 
Currently, I really like, um, I've liked some of the more recent work from Melissa Tears. She's been great. Um, one of my favorite books of all time that I think everyone should just read, stop what you're doing right now, <laughs> is motiv- Motivational Interviewing, the Miller and Roenick book. Um, fantastic way of optimizing every moment with your client. I mean, you're doing, you're helping them from the moment you say hello. Yeah. And then yeah. do you want to hear want to hear some of my odd ones that are kind of off? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> okay, because of my weird background, uh, huge influence. Um, love Jane Goodall, loved Leo Buscaya, loved Carl Sagan and Anne Dryoon. Here's a couple of weird ones: Carol Burnett, May West. I mean, um, cool. women that were really speaking in their own voices and being authentic. I'm inspired by anyone that has the courage to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's um, uh, you know that that's really refreshing to hear some of those some of those different um, 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 influences. Um, and 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 I really get that now. That w- when I hear you saying it, I can imagine those people influencing you and being influential upon you based upon what I know about you, based upon how how, how I see you communicate. Um, um, I love that. So, Thank you. I take uh, that as a huge compliment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how it was intended. Um, um, so with regards to, you know, you know, throughout your work and throughout the, the sort of prolific rate of, of doing hypnosis that you've been engaged in, tell me, tell me about one of the most impressive applications of hypnosis that you think you've directly witnessed. Um, the most impressive application I think I've witnessed so far is I had a young man, well, he was 36, who came to see me, who had been stuttering his entire adult life. Mm. And we did one session, and he, came, he emerged speaking perfectly clearly. It was, it looked like magic. It was incredible. I had to, wow. like, keep my, keep my professional hat on and just like, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. Um, <laughs> We did need to we did need to reinforce it a few times and um and it did come back briefly after a trauma in in his life. But the cool thing was is he had not told his girlfriend what he was up to because of like, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to a hypnotist. And he went back home that evening speaking beautifully clearly and she's just like, There's something about you tonight that's different. What she's like, Did you change your hair? Did you did you shave? Because she she had been fixing it in her mind for so long that she couldn't put two and two together. Yeah, she wasn't stuttering. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, I love to hear that. That's that's incredible. Um, 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 those kinds of things. I suppose I suppose in a way, you know, uh, even though we're we're joking, you know, making out that things like this happen all the time. I think that um, um, we do sometimes become a little bit blasé about some of the sort of day-to-day things that, that, that hypnotherapists do. Um, I agree, yeah. Yeah, 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 I love to hear that. Um, um, Amy, if you, if you could go back, if you could go back to when, to when you were starting out, you know, on this road as a, as, as a hypnosis professional of any kind, whether it be on the stage or in the clinic, you know, knowing, knowing what you know, know now, these, these kind of years later and, and going through the journey, is there anything that you do differently? And if so, what? And is there any advice that the person that you are today would give that younger you that you'd extend to, to, to those people that are tuning in and listening today? 
think I would tell myself to have more confidence in myself and what I was doing and to really commit to the hypnosis because it's an amazing field. I wish I had gone back for higher education sooner. As it is, I'm going to be starting grad school next month, but that's okay. Hey, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... But yeah, I've actually mostly been really happy with my journey. I, I guess I would have just told myself to be more more confident and just own it and jump right in. I had a yeah. few. Some, I had some major naysayers when I when I first started getting into it, and I wish right. I had not. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even on the time of day. But I mean, th 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 that seems incredible to me now. To, uh, to, to and probably is going to seem incredible to, to people listening as well that you ever struggled with confidence you know because you you communicate beautifully and confidently and you speak you know publicly with such with such aplomb and with such confidence that um, um do you think that do you think that that's just developed through through this just a sort of prolific amount of hypnosis that you've done or or, or has that been something you specifically you've worked upon I think you're pr it's probably just the sheer number of times I've been having to just like be in public and on stage and I mean yeah. I also do have a I also have a degree in theater which is helpful but that's usually pretending to be somebody else being on stage as yourself is a different is a different critter. Yeah. Um the the Renaissance festivals were actually incredibly helpful because you just do show after show after show after show and if you mess something up you don't have time to get neurotic about it <laughs> you yeah. have to just jump back in and fix it yeah 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 ah oh, you know I, I yeah I, I love I love hearing stuff like that and I think that's um, um I, I think there's a number of underlying messages there for people listening to 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 you know to, to build your confidence I think it's important to to be a doer and to and to practice and do and, and roll your sleeves up a little bit um Amy we're going to be speaking about um, um a subject that you're incredibly passionate about in a short while um, um, um for now where can people go to learn more about you your work your approach and so on um, the best place to reach me is amy.live, A-M-Y-E dot live. That will currently take you right to my clinical site, but it will soon be bringing you to more things. So that is lovely. the best place to catch me. Lovely, lovely. And there will be um, a link to Amy's website um, I'm over at uh, this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. Um, we're going to be right back with Amy Charlot in a short while. We're going to be speaking all things hypnosis and menopause. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a few short moments. <music> I really enjoyed that. Uh, more from Amy in a short while. Um, now, before that, as it's the, the festive season, I thought I'd go a little bit humbug uh, about a major issue that I have, something something that occurs a lot in the hypnotherapy field. Um, let me explain. Uh, earlier this year, I lectured on the subject of the science of placebo and hypnosis at the UK Hypnosis Convention. And, and I mentioned this issue, an issue that I have um, um, within that lecture. And to, just to give you a little bit of context, you know, I, I, I had spoken about how Professor Irving Kirsch had published his research findings about antidepressants 
Um, and he'd, he'd received some criticism. And so his colleagues um, and him, um, that they, they decided to, to replicate their study with a completely different set of studies, you know, new data using the Freedom of Information Act. They accessed all this data from clinical trials of applications for drug approvals over the years. Um, and then they analysed it all. <coughs> and for the six most widely prescribed antidepressants used worldwide at the time, they checked all the FDA data, which were solid trials that, you know, usually lead to drugs getting approved for use with the public. You know, so these are well-controlled trials. And the data showed that on the, the, the Hamilton depression scale, there were reasonable improvements thanks to the drugs and likewise with placebo. But now following that second study of his where they were replicating it, 82% of the effect of antidepressants was being shown to be down to placebo. You know, placebo was being shown to be responsible for 82% of the success of the drug. Um, um, and, and, you know, as, as they examined it some more, um, 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 you know, he received some criticism. And some of the critics of Kirsch said things like, um, 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 a guy in 2008, uh, Nutt, uh, said antidepressants work. Everybody knows they work. Um, Werner in 2008 said, you know, clinical practice plus millions of content patients can't be that wrong. Um, and, and so I, I just want to draw a couple of parallels and start tying this in with the field of hypnotherapy. When I've stated some healthy scepticism, some of the loudly marketed voices in our field making claims, you know, hyping up mega fast, supersonic, awesome techniques that they've invented. I've sometimes suggested that without effective data to support them, how do we really know that it is anything more than placebo? How do we know that it's not just, you know, the, the emperor's new hypnosis techniques that's being applied here? And I then get that reply. And this is the thing that I have issues with. Adam, as long as it works. I don't need to know how it works as long as it works. I don't need to know why it works as long as it works. I don't need to know anything at all. I choose jelly instead of brains as long as it works. The history of medicine is filled with treatments that have worked effectively for millions of people. From a, from a wonderful um, historical academic paper by Honigfeld um, in 1964, um, who was an early and prolific author on the placebo effect way back in the 1960s, you know, when this was a, a relatively new topic in the field of research. Any, anyway, this paper by him, I mean, he highlighted many things that have been used historically that have been effective, you know, bloodletting, leeches, putrid meat, human sweat, frog's sperm, and... Crocodile dung. Yes, indeed. Crocodile dung was used as a contraceptive. And you know what? Crocodiles laugh at us. Honestly, when they are hanging out together, they laugh at us humans because we have used their dung as a medical treatment. Crocodile dung was successfully used by thousands upon thousands as a contraceptive, as well as for a variety of other things. And it worked. You know, so, so if it works, why don't we just carry on using it? Why did we not just carry on using it? Because as long as it works, Adam. The crocodiles mainly laugh at Gwyneth Paltrow and her goop offerings, but they laugh at us humans because of this, this kind of mentality. And, and these, these are the kind of reasons why we do not rely purely on client testimonials when deciding, deciding upon clinical treatments. Likewise, you know, it's, it's important that we just that we do not just continue to have a mindset of as long as it works, 
does it matter how or why? You know, I have success. I don't need to know any more than that. And it's that kind of anti-intellectualism that's very common in the hypnosis field. That, that, that kind of anti-intellectualism is what would, you know, have the crocodiles laughing at us some more using their dung for contraception. You know, trials and evidence ensure that everybody gets precisely the same, for example. And we get to inform and modernise our field and we have more profound credibility and a, and a deeper um, and all-important understanding. You know, a, a little while ago, I even had a very well-known NLP trainer say to me, um, um, well, you know, I use my computer each day, but I don't know how it works. I use my brain each day. I don't need to know how it works. I know NLP works. I don't know. I don't need to know how or why and so on and so on. Um, and, and it's one of the reasons that NLP is not growing as a field, you know, beyond the kind of cult-like status that it has on the fringes of medicine. It's not making more of a profound impact into conventional medicine. Um, and one of the reasons is because of this lazy sort of anti-intellectual mindset. You know, I, I urge you, fellow hypnotherapists, you know, do not be one of those people who opt for that lazy comeback of as long as it works, be one of the people who actively moves this field forward. If you love the field of hypnotherapy and hypnosis, you need to do more than just spreading the word about it. We need to understand it, be able to develop it effectively. The as long as it works attitude is crocodile dung attitude. Okay, you're the same as those guys. Um, I'm sorry to say. And, but, you know, but by the way, if you'd like to see full footage of my lecture from this year's UK hypnosis convention, uh, along with lectures that I've given in Iceland, Denmark, Wales and more besides this year, uh, you can watch them in my online members area, along with hundreds of hours of me teaching diploma level, advanced diploma level materials um latest versions of my one day seminars packed with much more besides you can check out the link um, i'll post a link over at this episode's page notes uh you can even grab five days free if you want to test it all out first um excuse me using that as a rather opportunistic way of layering a plug in Okay, on to other things. Next up, we have this week's professional discussion then. And I welcome back uh, Amy Charlot. As I mentioned already, um, I asked Amy if we could speak on the topic... Um um, 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 and, and, and on the topic of menopause and, and kind of uh, uh, um, sort of transitional um, um, impact um, um, of menopause upon women and upon the lives of women. And... Um, um, she wrote back to me um, and when we were just discussing this and, and a couple of the things that she wrote with this, and I'm just going to read to you. I think that discussing hypnosis and menopause would generate some, some interesting and very timely conversation. I'm looking at the entire social meme of women and ageing. There is an entire industry built around creating an atmosphere in which women feel unattractive, powerless and unimportant. If the pervasive mean of painful childbirth wasn't true, how about all the other myths surrounding a woman's life experience? This line of thinking led me to research studies on ageing in regards to menopause, hot flushes, sexuality, weight gain, memory, and all of the other issues women are told will affect them when they hit menopause. The mythology doesn't match the facts, and there is so much we can do with hypnosis to help women as they go through these natural changes. Um, and, and there ends the quote that I'm just reading to you. And I loved reading that. Loved it. Um, um, OK, so here is this week's professional discussion with Amy Charlot. Enjoy. 
So I'm back and joined uh, once again with this week's guest, Amy Charlot. Um, 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 this year's UK Hypnosis Convention, um, um, which is where um, 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 you know a, a number of people had attended um, 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 Amy's presentation on the subject of hypnosis and menopause, which I was unable to attend, um, and and spoke really highly of her and her presentation. And 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 it was one of the things that made me want to get in touch with Amy and get her onto the show. And it's a subject we've not covered here before and it's something that I'm really excited about I'm really looking forward to asking Amy all about um, um, Amy welcome back first of all just, just tell us tell us a little bit about how your interest developed in this particular area of hypnosis and menopause and so on um, well I'd been doing hypnosis for about 18 years and there was this common narrative that kept coming up with my middle-aged clients. They'd be saying things, well, I can't concentrate because I'm in menopause. I can't lose weight because I'm in menopause. And this narrative started sounding familiar to me, and I realized it sounds almost exactly like the cultural meme that goes with childbirth and how childbirth is supposed to be this, like, horrible, overwhelming thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, do the facts match? So I started researching all about hot flashes, hot flushes, and realized that we are being sold to a certain extent um, a, a, a pack of lies. These are social memes where women are feeling really disempowered and helpless for no good reason. And these are things we can all help with hypnosis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, um, um, within our correspondence, you, you said something really similar, you know, that you were you were looking at this entire kind of social meme of women and aging and that there was a, that there was an industry built around creating an atmosphere, you know, where women were feeling unattractive and powerless um, um, when they were going going through that. And and, you know, I, I could really feel. Uh, I could really feel your, your your passion for it in the way in which you were writing and speaking about this. Just um, um, tell us a little bit about about the approach, about what hypnosis can do for women in this area. Okay, my main approach for this whole thing is for women to really feel that this is something natural and women have gone through so many changes this is my favorite demographic i love all humans but i love i love middle-aged women they've already done so many changes i usually start the conversation with like okay you survived puberty right all right <laughs> you that means you've got this one down i mean they have monthly changes they've changed their bodies for pregnancy um and to feel that they have control and agency in their lives. This is not some big, it's, it's not a disease. This is a natural process. It only lasts a few years. You're coming out on the other side. There are approaches and remedies to pretty much every symptom involved, and there are people to help you. You do not have to do this alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I'm, I'm, is that, is there some kind of a philosophy that underpins your approach you know is there some kind of a philosophy i mean i mean uh, i think i think i get a feel for some of the direction and some of the some of the sort of mm -hmm. values that, that that your approach is built upon but is there something is there some kind of a philosophy that underpins your approach i'm thinking that the philosophy that i've i've never really put it into words before is that i think that these women are 
amazing and they have so much incredible potential and they can do anything that they want to do and this is their time and I believe in them. So I think every every ounce of what I'm working with a client is like, I believe in you and this is going to be an exciting period in your life. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know if I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but um, no 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 it, it does. It does. And and can, can you give us can you give us some of the some of the key features of your approach that might be useful to, to hypnotherapists and, and, and hypnosis professionals that, that that are working in this area as well? Some of the some of the key features of your approach and the kind of things that you do with um, with the women that, that come and see you in this area. Okay, the big thing I think to to remember is that it's it's a really large piece. There's so many different elements. I like to break it down into four different categories. When women are going through middle age, there's like there's the social and cultural meaning of it. There are actual physiological changes with aging. There are changes of life circumstances like empty nest, divorce, retirement, and then there's actual menopause symptoms. Yeah. So a lot of times a client will come in and they'll they'll come in for, say, weight loss. And my very first question is, how well are you sleeping? Because insomnia is a huge, besides hot flushes, that's the most common symptom of, um, of menopause. Mm. And a lot, so making sure that you're just bearing this in mind, that there's more that's going on than just that particular symptom. A lot of times if you can get the women sleeping and we can do that with hypnosis, we yeah. can, you know, reduce, we can reduce stress. The, the, they're, they're going to just lose weight because of the reduction of stress. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, 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 so, so with, with regards to, to, to menopause and helping with regards to insomnia, um, we can begin to help straight away. And, but, but you, you're not then sort of fighting the, the, the innate, aspects of menopause you know it, it is something that, that's that's very readily achievable the um yeah yeah, yeah i'm i'm, mean, I'm, I'm d developing a good quality sleep and overcoming insomnia i mean you, you don't have to oh, kind right. of wait until menopause is, is is finished until you can oh, start no. getting good sleep again oh no not at all in fact none of the symptoms of menopause you don't have to you do not have to suffer through menopause everything has everything can be minimized everything can be if not you know if not fixed altogether um for example the hot flashes the hot flushes as you call them over there yeah. there's a beautiful study that was put out by baylor university in 2012 yeah. and we keep waiting for the more advanced study but this had about 200 women in it and they were they were able to reduce hot flushes down by up to 80% in some women yeah. using, using um, cooling imagery, using um, relaxation and safe room imagery, which is something pretty standard that all hypnotists know how to do. And yeah. it's incredibly powerful. And it's life-changing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, one of the things that, 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 that I loved hearing you say within that sentence there 
um, was the, 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 this idea of kind of putting them in control and putting somebody back in control of their own body. Because I'm guessing, I'm guessing, you know, if we, if we were to look at those four aspects um, um, that you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the social circumstances, the, the kind of physiological changes, the, the life circumstances changing, um, 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 the menopause symptoms themselves, typically a lot of those things could all be framed and... Um, um, in a way that, that makes us feel or makes a, a, a woman going through menopause feel powerless and out of control, that, that, that it's very difficult to control aspects of these things that are occurring um, 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 around her and within her body and so on. Um, so it, it just sounds like such a tonic to therefore be putting somebody back in control of themselves. Um, um, do you think that self-efficacy and things along those lines are, are important here? Oh, very much so. In fact, there was a fascinating study, and they need more work on this, but one of the, um, two of the factors that make hot flushes so much more dramatically um, worse, so much more, um, so much, so much stronger and more frequent are people with lower education and income levels have mm. a much harder time with it. Is and that so? That's interesting. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, yeah, the feeling that you have, you know, control in your life and that this is something that you're going through, but it's not that something that's happening to you. It's yeah. something that's happening sort of with you. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very important. And, and is the same true then of, of your approach to hypnosis and menopause? Because um, I mean, you know, I mean, hypnosis gets gets portrayed a great deal as being something that's being wielded by the the hypnotist, for example. Um, 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 do I detect there that that actually this is something much more collaborative that that you're engaging in, and something that you're teaching your clients to do for themselves? Absolutely, yes. It's all about. Um, I've I've also referred to hypnosis as the art of leading you gently back to yourself. And Lovely. sort of, sort of hitting your reset button. This is the real you. Your subconscious is there to help and nurture you. And by nature, your set point is to be healed and healthy. That's where your body and mind are always trying to take you. So yes, let the let the client be your script and let them take the lead. And what's amazing um, is. Once they get the hang of of controlling the the hot flushes, it's like a superpower. I I use the the control of the heat all the time when I'm doing stage shows because when I'm in full Tudor garb, I'm wearing like a twenty pound costume in a hundred degrees, and <laughs> it is like you can use that cooling imagery and you can just watch and feel your entire your temperature drop and just watch your face go back to the normal colors it's a it's an incredibly powerful tool and yeah. it feels wonderful knowing that you can do that yeah 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 I, I, absolutely absolutely um um i do i do a demonstration within my within my own self-hypnosis seminars when we when we teach a kind of version a version of um um, um glove anesthesia um, oh, cool. um, with 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 the students on my self hypnosis class. I, I think it's I think it's important that I'm able to demonstrate that I'm able to 
to to to to walk the talk, so to speak. So I always do a demonstration yeah. and affix a, a surgical clamp to my hand while I teach that section, and um and and I've practiced it to the point whereby you know my my hand visibly changes colour in front of everybody in in class and people and, and I let people come up and touch my hand, um um um. Um, to, to to actually feel the differences between between my hands and and so it's it's really lovely to hear you to hear you explaining that in in some terms that are really specific to you and so on that that ultimately we're, you know we're doing something very very similar but but I love the fact that that you're there doing it in the at the Renaissance festivals as well um, um, with all your garb and and everything else uh, you know I think it's just lovely to hear. Um, 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 so, so what, what, what's the future for this? And is there a future direction for some of what you were doing? Is there some? Is there some development? Is there? Is there? Is there more to this and more to come? Do you think, Amy? Oh yes, I am getting tons of requests for my clients. They want, they want workshops. They want weekend getaway seminars. It's very possible that I'm going to end up specializing in this especially um, they want to add more art therapy um, concepts to this as well. Mm. And um, it's very possible that this is where my entire clinical work is going to be specialized in this group. And the other really important piece to keep in mind with this group that that kind of covers everything is that one of the big fears is, um, well, here, I'll, I, I met a geriatric hypnotist in Florida, and her last name is Valley. I think it's Dr. Valley, and she works with, with all elderly. And guess what the number one thing she treats is? Tell me. The fear of becoming invisible. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it's, so I'm guessing that a lot of menopausal women kind of can sometimes think and and like you mentioned earlier there's this kind of social meme of women right. aging mm-hmm. that, that that hitting menopause is kind of like the beginning of that happening that they begin to to to, to sort of disappear off the face of the planet as far as the rest of the world is concerned yes and it's and it can be very very scary and so i want them you know to be seen and that's an important thing to be aware of as as the therapist you've got to you've got to see them and it's time for them to be you know really embracing and celebrating themselves maybe in different ways than they have before yeah 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 mm-hmm. I, I, absolutely um I'm, I'm, i like that and, and and so that will be specific to the individuals you know the, the kind of things and looking to explore the kind of ways in which they that, that they would consider self-actualizing Oh yeah, and they come up with the best stuff. This, like I said, this is my favorite demographic. Um, they don't just come up with things like, "Oh, I want to take a watercolor class." I had one of my clients pick up, take up boxing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's like, you know, I didn't see that coming. Oh, I want to take up boxing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, I, 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 I love to hear that. Um, um, um so. 
where can people go? You know, I'm going to um, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to put some some links up at this episode site with with a couple of the papers that you've mentioned, um, so people can go and explore those. Are, are there any other kind of resources and things that that you'd recommend for anybody that that, that that's interested in going and kind of exploring this? This, this area themselves. Um, um, are there any other kind of resources that you'd recommend for people? Yes, uh, the mayoclinic.org, mayoclinic.org, um, that is in my home state of Minnesota here. They do fabulous work. Um, the head of the Women's Health Clinic, her name is Stephanie S. Fabian. She has an amazing book called The Menopause Solution. No, I did not get a free book for saying that, <laughs> um, but that's really good. Baylor University has really good information, and I think, I'm not remembering their exact website, but if you look up Baylor University, they have really good, they have good um, yeah. resources on, on menopause as well. Yeah, they do yeah, a lot yeah. of really great studies. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to put a link to, um, um, to the hypnosis studies as well for people that, uh, that, that they're able to access those kind of things and have a good read of that. And, and so for people that want to perhaps go and explore some more of your work in this area, is, is it the same website for them to go and check out amy.live, amy with a y.live, um, y-e.live? Yes, a-m-y-e dot live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made a bit of a mouthful of that. I do apologize. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Amy, A-M-Y-E, um, 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 dot live uh, for, for people listening. Um, um, Amy, what can I say? Thank you so much for, for, for your time today, for being so generous with your information and sharing. Um, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. I hope it's helpful to people, and I really appreciate you having me on the show. It's been delightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look forward to our paths crossing again. Um, um, Amy Charlotte, thank you for being this week's guest on Hypnosis Weekly. I really enjoyed that. Uh, it was lovely speaking to Amy. Um, there are links to Amy's websites over at this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website and in the episode notes at iTunes and so on. Um, so next up, we have this week's evidence-based hypnosis factoid of the week. And um, the, the, the fact of the week is this, that, that hypnosis is effective not just at relieving pain, but also with broader applications of hypnoanalgesia. And this is according to another impressive meta-analysis on the topic that I'm keen to, to keep sharing. And um, I, I mean, since its publication in the year 2000, many further studies have advanced our knowledge in this area. But in the paper by Montgomery, Duhamel and Red, uh, a meta entitled A Meta-Analysis of Hypnotically Induced Analgesia, How Effective Is Hypnosis? Um, 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 the, the study revealed a moderate to large hypnoanalgesic effect, supporting the efficacy of hypnotic techniques for pain management. Um, and the results also indicated that hypnotic suggestion was equally effective in reducing both clinical and experimental pain. Um, and, and the overall results, you know, suggest this broader application of hypnoanalgesia techniques with pain patients. Um, um, and, and, and it just makes for some very, very enjoyable reading. And I know many of you will be thinking what I said last time out, you know, I already knew this, Adam, of course, hypnotherapy and hypnosis can help in these areas. But as I said before, a meta-analysis gives us credible support for those views. And it's nice to have our clinical experiences supported by such quality evidence. Um, and plus, it shows the statistical effect size of hypnosis 
diagnosis. Um, links to that particular research paper um, um, included on this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website or on the on the episode notes, uh, wherever you follow it. Um, if you follow me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, you can find masses of memes relating to a variety of studies whereby hypnosis has been examined. You want to go take a look. Um, but that is it for our um, 103rd edition. I hope you enjoyed it. I've got many more exciting guests I'm going to be welcoming to hypnosis weekly in coming weeks, uh, coming editions. We'll be discussing, de- debating, celebrating. I'm going to do my best to, to get my words straight in between now and then. Um, but of course, importantly, remaining friends. Next time out, I'm going to be speaking to Kathy Groover. We're going to be discussing all things hypnosis, visualization and healing. I think it's going to be a great start to the new year, that particular episode. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted at each episode on the Hypnosis Weekly website, www.hypnosis-weekly.com. Do go pay it a visit. Have a look. I absolutely welcome your thoughts, comments, suggestions and questions. Do please message me or add them on the Hypnosis Weekly website. I'll make sure they are addressed, answered and explored accordingly. And please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else and really help us reach the hypnosis field. My thanks again go to Amy Charlotte. My thanks to you all for tuning in. I wish you all a very wonderful festive season. You enjoy yourselves. Much love. My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.